Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello and welcome to the Churros, the Tacticus podcast on a Monday, no, on a Tuesday I'm your host, Keon Subani, joined by Diego Lorin. We usually record Monday. That's why I got confused. I thought it was Monday, but it's not. It's Tuesday, and I'm doing the intro because we have a rule that whoever is leading La Liga, despite whatever happened, does the intro. And as much as Diego has so many reasons to do the intro, they got a 17-year-old kid breaking history, scoring within like 34 seconds of coming on. Uh... It was a really great story. It was beautiful seeing his family so emotional uh, during the game, after the game. Really nice sight. La, Mas- La Masia continues to produce. And all of those uh, payments went through also on the weekend because Real Madrid dropped points uh, to Sevilla in some inexplicable fashion where everyone is trying to talk about the referee. Some people, like Carlo Ancelotti, don't want to get fined, so they are sarcastically saying the referee was perfect. And so it was a great weekend for Barca, but Real Madrid are still at top of the table uh, for the last time all season before Barcelona win Classic on Saturday and leapfrog them for good without ever looking back with Barca getting so many of their players back before the Classico as well. So Diego Lodin, congratulations. This is my last time doing the intro. And I just wanted to um, just wish you good luck for all your intros for the rest of the season. How you doing, buddy? Welcome. All right, man. Uh, I was hoping uh, to get a little bit more of an energized and uh, upbeat Keon here as I'm a little bit under the weather myself. But um, I guess it's uh, two people that are a little bit somber on this uh, Tuesday afternoon. But, um, you know... It was definitely in terms of sporting reasons, it was a good weekend for Barca. Uh, picking up a narrow narrow victory um, against the always tough Basque side. Meanwhile, the uh, reacquaintance between Sevilla, or I should say Ramos and Real Madrid, went, uh, well, near perfect. I mean, you guys did walk away with a point, which uh, I suppose you could argue a point in the Sanchez Pijuan is um shouldn't necessarily be deemed a bad result but uh given the uh disallowed goals correctly so i don't know what the the beef is i heard your met i heard your uh you sent me an audio can you still hear me i can yeah uh, i heard your audios talking about uh corruption now you're talking about payments coming through i guess this is something that it I'll was not an audio live. it was just a text message Le- Oh, right. Well, uh, it's something that I'll have to live with uh, and put up with uh, whenever a referee does his job correctly. I'm I'm eager to uh, find out exactly <laughs> where the controversies lie because the two disallowed goals were uh, correctly disallowed. Um, so yeah, man, lay it down on me. 
Where has uh, Negreira had some uh, strange influence? Now, it's all over the news, you know, national news. Real Madrid get uh, points stripped away from them. Uh, all the Real Madrid TV channels are hard at work trying to uh, once again pressure the referees and making them understand that there is uh, just one team, uh, you know, state-owned team here that uh, needs to get nothing but good press and uh, favorable calls going their way. And uh, referees aren't allowed to do their jobs anymore, I suppose. But uh, again, lay it lay it down on me, my friend. No, no, all, you're, the no you're the only one who's allowed to criticize referees and, and agendas and corruption. We're okay. not allowed to do that. Only you are. The it's context was, silly. by the way, you... I, I don't know if I'm allowed to share this, um, but I guess I will. We can edit it out later. But you had food poisoning this weekend. <laughs> and so... Yeah, no, you, don't need, you don't need to edit that. We don't need to go into details. It's not too private. So you no. had food poisoning this weekend, and uh, I wish you the best. That's why we didn't record yesterday. And I said, food poisoning sucks. I also got food poisoning this weekend from all the corruption, and I was feeling sick as well, so I can sympathize with that. Um, wait, can we start somewhere else? Sure. This is a great, I mean, it's great that the heat is early. Um, I, wanted, I wanted to ask you a question because uh, I posted a clip on Instagram we were talking about like the go to the World Cup, the go to the Champions League, the go to the La Liga, and you responded with a shake my head emoji. I felt it was very passive aggressive. What, what was it that you disagreed with in that clip? Just how you cling on to the, this this go to. It's so hard for you to put Messi over Cristiano. That wasn't the discussion. All all I what? said was I I just put out the goat on each competition. That's all I did. I never said who was better. Mm. What part did you disagree with specifically? No, well, it just reminded me of this uh, like flawed debate that it we just had. triggered trauma. That's it. No, a flawed From past debate. Debates? No. But what was it, the part that you disagreed with? Just your take in general. How like uh, I mean, you in in general. Again, generally speaking, you 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 put you force yourself to put Cristiano over a Messi in in, in the goat debate. And for no, me, I never I never said that. I just I I, I think it's subjective. I don't think one is far above the other. And I have said many times, if Messi is your GOAT, that's a perfectly reasonable take. But all I said in that clip was, and I outlined reasons why, was Pelé is the World Cup GOAT, Messi is La Liga GOAT, and Cristiano was the Champions League GOAT. Is there something that you disagreed with in that, like, 20-second sentence? I love it. We already know the answer. You just don't want to say it publicly because you just can't. There's just something inside you that's like, no, I must not praise other players apart from the one I worship. I must not. That's silly. Say, how how okay. often have I praised uh, Cristiano? Plenty. Once. Just when last you went week. To Juventus, that's it. Just, just last week, that, that was a praiseable uh, Oh, you mean the, the part where I talked about his goals and, and you're, you said, mm-hmm. That was <laughs> Oh, man. Well, all I want to know was where was Alcantara when, when Barca were trailing? Where, when Barca needed a goal, they had to be saved by a 17-year-old kid. Alcantara, nowhere to be seen. <clears throat> all right, so what do you want to talk about? You want to, you want would, to would ask? you leave our, hmm. our Filipino audience in peace as well as Alcantara, please? Apologize. Okay, you want me to address it? I, I, I guess it's uh, well. I mean, you you have all the statistics in front of you. You say that okay. There's no doubt that he's the top goal scorer uh, of the competition. Uh, for me, though, as a whole, I think Messi has had more influence on the Barca in particular. Even though you go through like this. How long was it that this this drought where Barca was getting knocked out of the European competition, uh, and you blame you blame that you put that solely on Messi? I think for all the times that he has been triumphant in that competition, um, he has had more of a impact on the game as a whole. And and it might sound silly because you're saying, well, in the end of the day, Cristiano is the player that scores the goal. But Messi plays in a completely different position and a completely style of football. His approach to the game is completely different from that of a Cristiano Ronaldo as well, where he involves his team more. 
tracks back more, um, picks up the ball often, you know, within his own half, reaching the final third. Um, and that's, you know, for me, it's kind of like uh, that those are not, those are not um, tangible, let's say, statistics that you can put on the paper. But certainly the eye test would say that Messi... And again, my, my pickle is more like the reason why I, I, I send you the, the shake my head emoji is because uh, it's, I know that overall you put Cristiano over a Messi. And I'm like, you know, what Messi has done as a player uh, or as doing even as a player. I mean, he touches down in Miami and wins him the first trophy in their entire history in, in, in no time. Um, you know, continues to be unprecedented out of this world unique from what we have ever seen any other football player do no i i i don't want to get into all that other stuff you just said because i feel like we've already had that debate so many times mm. but all i said was that cristiano was the greatest player mm -hmm. in the most important club competition in the world mm -hmm. and if you mm -hmm. want to get into all the stuff that messi is better at this in this league and in this international level i won't dispute it all of, my only point was that in the Champions League, he is irrefutably the greatest player that has ever played that competition. The numbers mm. back it up. The trophies back it up. That's all. Mm. Mm. Um, I agree with you that Messi is the greatest player in Inter-Miami history. Like, he came in and right away, like, it was incredible. Like, he just changed Stop. the culture. They got a trophy. Stop. Unbelievable. Um, Here, this is coming from you. You're just singing your praises about a guy that is banging and pushing in some goals in the Saudi league. Give me a break. Come on. Well, we got to praise both if we're, if we're going to praise what they're okay, doing Okay, but now. you're not really praising. You're being mad sarcastic about it. No, where was uh, it to Miami I was in before full, Messi came I in? I, I was in Nowhere. full agreement. I was in full agreement with your statement last week. We agree that, uh, the, the, we the agree that he is... Are, do we agree is, that he is the greatest player in Miami history? Yes or no? <laughs> Yes or no? Until Modric, yes, yes. until Modric comes over. <laughs> it's close between him and Iwain at the moment, I guess. Yes. Um, so this was talk, a, a real talk. If Suarez and Alba and Busquets, <coughs> Messi and Modric are all there next season, that's going to be awesome. All right. Is, is those are excuse me? Is those are those rumors true that Modric is is looking to uh, join Inter Miami? No idea. Oh, I, I, that is the word around the campfire, though, isn't it? Yeah, I don't. I just don't know how true it is. I mean, we know Modric and Beckham have some kind of relationship, and Modric, um, this is probably his last year, so why not put that to, put those two things together? Um, Where are you with the uh, docu series? I finished two episodes. I think oh, I'm only? in the same place that we were last time. That oh, yeah, yeah that's exactly where you were. What's well, the then, up? well, then, then uh, international football ended. Club football resumed, and life got busy. I see. Yeah, I will Does watch. That mean you're game. not you're not enjoying it so much. I am enjoying it, but I enjoy a lot of things that I don't, I don't have time for. You know. Yeah, but okay. I, I, I mean, it's not a last dance where you're like just you can't wait to to, to well, see the, the next. The episode. last dance was the perfect concoction of it was highly enjoyable. And we were all at home during the pandemic. Also, yeah, of course. But still, I mean, it's it's not the last dance. Um, no, nothing. Last dance is the goat of docs. League it's of like his own. the Cristiano Ronaldo of documentaries, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So to answer your so question, to go back. <laughs> the listeners are probably pulling their hair out because we keep on digressing. Um, you have all people have been calling out for consistency, right? Tell yes. me the difference yes, between the lines that were drawn on um, the first disallowed Real Madrid goal and the one that was scored by Mark. Uh, do you want to tell me the pronunciation of his last name so I don't get it wrong? Gu. Gu? Okay. What was like the difference between the lines drawn in those two different plays? This, it was um, like the lines are are continue to confuse and continue to be head scratching uh, without a shadow of a doubt. The margins 
are so fine. They leave the spectator in complete uh, sheer another, yeah, frustration, uh, you know, denial perhaps is another adjective I could throw there, but, but certainly clarity um, and precision is something, two areas where La Liga need to improve on massively. Now, I, I don't have the lines, you know, graved into my head uh, in this moment where um, your your first goal was disallowed, correct? Because the second one was the Rudiger foul. First two were disallowed, yeah. <clears throat> but, the, but the second one was disallowed because of the Rudiger foul. It, but it wasn't a foul. Like, it wasn't called as a foul. That's the head-scratching thing. He he blew the whistle because of an injury. So first, so Rudiger uh, makes a challenge on Campos. The referee looks at Ocampos and says, "Get up, no foul," and walks away. All of a sudden, Riamdra on a counterattack breakaway, and the referee blows a whistle. Mm. And then it's like, and mm. it wasn't called a foul because it was a drop ball after that, and mm. it was not a head injury. There's no reason to stop the play. And so mm. that was the head scratching part. Um, Very strange. The other one, there was there was two more big ones. I mean, there was actually a couple more things for both teams. And I and I, and I just to be fair, and I said this on the managing major podcast as well. I'm very very thankful that Bellingham did not get a red card for that stomp on Rakitic, because if right. he did, he's not playing Classico. So I was like, whew. But then there was also the the Vinicius penalty where Jesus mm-hmm. Navas comes in behind him and just takes him out. And it's like, what? Like, no no reaction, no no review, nothing? Um, well, now the, the referee uh, is... Uh, we have image or, or audio and video <laughs> footage of him actually admitting to Vinicius that he was wrong. Okay, uh, I didn't know that, but yeah. still. So, so okay, Madrid got hard done by in this game. Um, it's quite funny, Kiana. I don't think we shared it with our um, audience but I've been uh, called back to Barca Studios for these next two weeks to uh, commentate yeah. the games that we have played in La Liga so far. And um, it's kind of serving as a reminder as well, just the terrible officiating that we have seen, uh, obviously in my case, in the case of Barca, uh, hinder certain clear moments that are, you know, clear as day. Penalty calls um, that... On another match day, you see them given to other teams. And on this occasion, on those occasions for Barca, they're, they're, they're not being called. The La Mina Mal, you know, tackles in the box, the shoves inside the box that, that are penalties on other days. Um, Robert Lewandowski getting manhandled, literally rugby tackled by his neck. An illegal tackle in rugby. <laughs> I actually mentioned that uh, throughout the, in the broadcast. I'm like, this is an illegal tackle even in rugby. Uh, not being called, not being an awarded a penalty, and and I could go on. You know, I'm I'm uh, five match days in, uh, five match days deep in so far, and every match day, um, and I'm kind of I guess taking a page out of Real Madrid TV's book in a sense that I want to be overtly biased. Well, that and uh, <laughs> also calling out bullshit where I see it. Um, and there are many, so many instances that we haven't even discussed on, on this podcast that uh, reviewing it a second time are just so blatant, uh, you know, fouls, yellow cards being shown or not being shown that, you know, it, 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 it's demoralizing. And we talked about being disconnected from the game last week, you know, the more, I see, you know, the passing of the match days and the more I see these inconsistencies and just straight up blatant miscalls, mistakes, call them what you want, but these things occur, I feel like more than ever, like more than any other season. Um es que ya no me da la gana. I I just I'm 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 just kind of like what the fuck is this? Like what is this? Why is it so hard? What is making the referee's job so hard to, as you said, draw clear lines? You know, there's some offside calls that you're, 
it's impossible. It's impossible to call it an offside or onside call, um, um, to make an offside or onside call, even with the lines being drawn, because when the lines are actually appear on the screen, you're there literally with your nose, you know, touching the screen, trying to make it, uh, uh, trying to make out if the, the lines are even drawn correctly or not. So look, I'm a firm believer in technology and it's, ability to make the game better to make the game fairer and you know i, I mean this obviously since the sevilla real madrid team every time um since the sevilla real madrid game every time you turn on the, the television all they are doing at this week is, is is talking about this game uh and i disagree with the vast majority of pundits of analysts some who have a deep admiration and respect for who are actually now calling for the end of VAR and uh, technolo uh, technological uh, interventions in the game of football because they're saying, you know, it's just not working. Uh, I disagree. I wholeheartedly disagree. I think that thanks to VAR, we've seen many more, you know, calls gone uh, the right way. Uh, I, I, it was an, an, an ass article on, uh, that I won't forget that, that they actually put out last year that compared the league standings with or without VAR uh, and with or without VAR, I think Real Madrid would have had like uh, an absurd amount of goal goals called in their favor uh, and would with have ended up without. winning the with no, without VAR. Yeah. They Cause have... they're the, they're the team that has had the most disallowed goals in the VAR era. Right. Right. But those being the right calls. So, so my point is we're clearly going so in the right direction here. In your and opinion. well, in VARs, I mean, I think in the majority of the cases, Keanu, we, you and I would have to review it one by one, you know, on a podcast or sitting next to each other and see where our disagreements lie. But I think in the vast majority of cases, we could at least come to a consensus and say VAR has helped make the right call in, in this case. But I agree with you that still too often, and it's frustrating for fans you know, from, from, from all sides, obviously, uh, the wrong calls continue to be made quite inexplicably so. You know, whether it's a referee not even going to VAR when he clearly should. It, 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 all these, like, discrepancies or this, you know, moments where there's still a lack of clarity for at least, you know, the spectator uh, and even the commentators, because how often do we not hear the, the commentators themselves say, well, why, why, why this? Why is the referee not going to check VAR? What, this is a penalty situation or this is that kind of situation. So it, it, it continues to be, there, there continue to be too many gray areas um, in moments where I see, you know, it could easily be black or white. Um, and, and yeah, that, that's, that's highly frustrating for sure. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry. Only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands. All hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. The problem is not VAR. The problem is still human error. And that's, what, that's one thing. I agree with you that I don't think VAR should go away. I think VAR should be there. But I thought that all of these problems that we have with mistakes that referees make would have been solved with VAR, but that mm. didn't happen. And it didn't happen because referees still look at footage and can make the wrong call. Mm. Mm. And when that is coupled with slowing the game down also, it's a nightmare. So what is it we have to do? I don't know. Like I've been thinking a lot about this. I mentioned this to Lucas yesterday. 
Cause like, and, and Xavi was like, today's Xavi's pregame press conference with the Shakhtar game was like basically just about Real Madrid referees. <laughs> and, um, and he was asked like, do you think the classical will be a little bit in Spanish? They said, will it warm up? Like, as in like, is it going to get more heated? I don't know yeah. what the like correct English. By calentar. Yeah. Like uh, spicier. The, the English whatever. Right. Anyways, uh, and he said uh, no, and he gave his reasons. But like, I was thinking about. I think this this classico is going to be a gong show for whatever reason. I don't know. It's just a hunch I have. I feel like it's going to be spicy because of the relationship with the clubs. Because Laporta's upset that Real Madrid said stuff about Barcelona publicly. This goes all the way back to the the video about the regime last season or summer, whenever it was. There's tension right now, but I just feel like there is going to be some controversy on the cards. And I mentioned this to Lucas, like, why don't we, at least for Classico, bring in an outside referee? Like, why not bring in, like, a Mark Oliver, like, Mm. for example, for the two Classicos this summer, this season? Like, and then, then I thought about it more. I was like, I'm so fed up with all this nonsense that why don't we just, like, this is an impossible idea, so take it with a grain of salt. But what if we just had, like, the entire season, every game, it was just, like, a referee from a different country? <laughs> so that we could at least like Champions get a... League, basically. Yeah, basically. I don't know, just because I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of tired of every single game. We're just talking about refs um, and often racism, and it's like, I don't know, it's just, like, not as enjoyable sometimes to like watch a football game anymore no i agree i agree and and you know whether it's the refs and, and another thing i was thinking is uh, maybe you know more about this than me since you're in north america but you know i mean video reviews video footage referees taking the time to um review a certain play to review their own call it happens all the time in basketball, in the NBA, where sometimes it can get, you know, slightly long-winded, but it, it's sort of part of the deal. You know that that is just something that is part of the game. Um, in my opinion, they don't get too many calls wrong. Another game that I and, and and that's why I say maybe you know more than me is is in American football. That's it's been part of the the package for since forever, right? I mean. Uh, is there much controversy surrounding like NFL games that where the I don't, I don't watch it but in the NBA right. they do radio reviews and it's never yeah. controversial. Right. I mean it not never is not the right not word. There never, are sometimes no. like yeah for sure. where you hear the home crowd with a bad call you see it on the screens and they go woo well, yeah, you know, they boo everything, everybody, no matter what. They boo, right, but sometimes it might be more blatant than others. But like in, there was a the LeBron, there was a LeBron sequence last year. I forget what it was exactly, but that one was really, really crazy, and everyone was like, "How could you get that wrong?" I don't even remember what the play was now. But yeah, it it's not as controversial in like NBA, which is the only other sport that I watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I don't know, man. I, I look. I think it's a work in progress. I want to think that with each season, there will be improvement. Maybe that's idealistic and unrealistic because it certain certainly feels that this season we've taken a, a step or two backwards. But again, I'm gonna you know stick to my guns and say, you know, we need VAR. Let VAR VAR stay. Uh, if anything. What La Liga should be incorporating is the ojo, the ojo del halcón, right? The the eagle's eye, to also allow for um, goal line uh, technology to, to to be in place. Which which the price of it is is like symbolic, basically. But Tebas is still refusing after uh, several years to to not implement that, even though it is proven uh, on the World Cup stage, for example, to be very effective. You look uh, confused. Do, do you know what I'm referring to? Uh, you know no, the, the goal know, line know, technology. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Um, so, like things of that nature, I think can can only you know referees, as you said, you know they're human, and their interpretation will probably sometimes, if not in some cases, more often than not, depend on their own interpretation of a play. 
um, even though they, of course, have uh, compañeros, they have colleagues on the other end of the line uh, giving their input as well. You know, release that stuff. Let's hear it. You know, we, we heard it in the Premier League a couple of weeks ago. Massive controversy in that Liverpool, uh, what was it, Liverpool game against, I forget, I think, forget who it was. It was maybe Liverpool. Arsenal was a big oh, game. Oh, that Tottenham game. <coughs> Tottenham. Where, you know, the wrong call was clearly made, but they were at least unapologetic about it. And then said, look, this is what was being said. The call came in late. Uh, the referee's colleagues were actually saying, hey, you know, the, it, 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 you know it, the goal should have stood. It wasn't offside. Uh, but the game had already continued on and, and, and you know, it was too late uh, to, I guess... Uh, stop the game and track back time and uh, they had to run with it but you know be transparent it's it's all this lack of transparency as well this secretism if that's a word that that is uh, that just that just adds to the frustration and and creates more mystery uh, and feeds into uh, certain conspiracy theories speaking of lack of transparency and goal line technology I was gonna admit everything that I had when I had the stomach flu I was gonna List. I, no, I wasn't even going to go there. I was going to go somewhere else. Uh, I don't know if I'm you just saw kidding, that. I'm just kidding. Javier Tebas's uh, salary raise report today. You see what that? was that about? Yes. How did La Liga teams like vote for that? And only two teams. And I, I, I so this is all according ones. to El Español. Every team in the first and second division, except for two, Real Madrid and the other one unknown, voted for a two million. Euro salary raise for La Liga president Javier Tebas. And the only reason I can think of they did that is probably because he promised them something in return or whatever. You think about the state of so many teams financially in La Liga right now. You think about the fact that this is crazy. I wrote about, I, I, I only know about this because I read about it in a Managing Madrid article today. This puts him on par with Xavi's salary. Or more, I think it's more. It's more than Xavi's salary. It's way more than Infantino and Seferin, who are like the FIFA execs. And it's also like somehow prioritized over goal line technology, which La Liga still hasn't gotten because it's quote unquote too expensive. Too expensive. What is happening? It's absurd. It's absurd. And, and may I add to that very, you know, reasonable and valid list that you just put out, what exactly has Javier Tebas done to deserve this very hefty, healthy raise in his salary? Just um, talk shit. You know, it's, it's usually right. Is it like based just on merits, objectives? Here's uh, what, objectively speaking, what he's done is he is, he is, enforce a strict salary cap so that teams don't go financially bust. Um, he's introduced some uh, some cool tech stuff with regards to cameras. Um, he has, I, I believe La Liga's in, revenue as a whole has gone up. TV rights have gone up. But it's also like just conflicts with a lot of the other stuff he's done, like the CVC deal, which is really bad for the long-term vision of La Liga. Um, and I just don't, I just don't think this is even close to something that should be prioritized. Not even close. Like the top, the list of things I would like, if I had to make a big list of things that should be prioritized, I'd even include like, a salary raise for me and you on the Churros Tacticas ahead of that. Here, here. At least we bring some entertainment value. Like you have like your whole so. shtick with like pretending that Barca is like not corrupt and like there's no conspiracy uh, against Real Madrid. That's like entertaining, you know? It's like, it's, it's, it's funny. <laughs> you know? God. Ay, Dios. Lo que tengo que soportar. <clears throat> well, okay, well, let's talk about some football stuff because 
What did you? Okay, go. I was just going to ask, like, what your thoughts were about um, Mark, Mark Gu, Gu, um, that whole thing. Like, um, must have been cool as a Kool Aid watching that. It was cool as a Kool Aid watching that, indeed. Yeah, and you know what was fun, of course, is uh, or particularly uh, um, nice was to see that uh, Mark Gu came in for. Uh, Fermin, uh, Fermin Lopez, who had a very good uh, preseason and uh, continues to get minutes as well in uh, uh, for the first team here throughout the, this early phase of the, the regular season, of the domestic season. Um, and uh, it just seems like, you know, Xavi is the right coach as well to give pass and, and, and make way for these uh, Masia talents that I think, mm, and this is sheer speculation, of course, but had it been any other coach that wouldn't know the intric- intricacy, but also the, the, you know, the talent that exists within La Masia, the way in which they uh, uh, train, the way in which they play, um, you know these these players wouldn't have necessarily enjoyed so many minutes uh, in the Spanish top flight under under a coach that uh, again wouldn't either value younger players uh, as much or just simply not know uh, and not care. And I, I'm referring to maybe like an Ernesto Valverde. Um, you know, it, it's I can't really throw Ronald Koeman in the mix because he uh, was somewhat quote unquote forced to make use of uh, the younger talents given the uh, financial strain that the club was uh, heavily under in at that time. Uh, but, you know, we also know that Kuman was very eager and keen on getting players, the likes of Vijnaldum, uh into the squad or Luc de Jong, etc. Mind you, Luc de Jong, who's, who's, who's doing very well in the Eredivisie at the moment. Um, but, um, you know, I think that in the case of Xavi, it's just kind of, a perfect fit for these young players to enjoy minutes with the first team. Uh, Mark Gyu, Gyu, who actually was plucked out from uh, a crop of players by Xavi himself when he was uh, uh, very young still. I think he was 11 or 12 years old, uh, as I seemingly remember to read, when he was uh, one of the players that was partaking in one of Xavi's summer camps. So Xavi has like a summer camp and uh, saw Mark play and uh, told him to uh, apply uh, or, you know, to make uh, trials to go for the tryouts for uh, Football Club Barcelona and eventually enrolled into the youth system there and uh, has been slowly but steadily, you know, adjusting and fitting to the Barca system and, and, and climbing up the ranks as well. So it's, um, yeah, I think it's great to see all these young talents uh emerge it, it seems sometimes that there's kind of like no end um and it's still early days of course i mean we have so many of these stories from your boyan kirkic to uh, a teo to a cuenca to uh, you know more recently an ansufati um uh, or even an update for that matter that of course uh, those players haven't worked out maybe there's still hope in in the case of ansu who's, who's on a loan spell but my point being is so quickly are these players hailed as the next big blank um, that maybe pressure can, uh, you know, overcome these players and, and, and kind of then uh, we see them fizzle out into um, a player that in the end goes on loan and, 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 and kind of never finds his spot anymore uh, within uh, the Barca system. So, you know, very early days, of course, but uh, it was... Just the perfect moment for Margu to make his debut. Uh, I don't know if he broke any records by becoming uh, the, the fastest scoring debutant in, in La Liga or something. Um, I think it was, yeah, it was, it was some kind of record. Fastest scoring, uh, youngest, something. Something, right. And, and you know, add to that, of course, that the likes of Lamine Yamal also having uh, become the, the youngest debutant in La Liga, the youngest scorer in La Liga. Uh, you still have your Gabis that are, that are very young. So, I mean, just Alejandro Balde, uh, etc. So th- there's a very good mix, balance of experienced 
you know, experienced elderly players, older players, your Gundigans that, that have just been a seamless fit, Robert Lewandowski, who, uh, you know, at least now again is back to, to scoring ways in, in uh, La Liga as well. He had a very, you know, stop start uh, or, or a very iffy kind of start to, to his Liga campaign, but um, he still, as a figure in, in the Barca dressing room and on the field, commands a lot of respect and is certainly an authoritative figure. So between those kind of elderly, uh, more experienced players and this mix, this crop of, of young players coming up, I think it's a, yeah, it's a fascinating blend and, and quite exciting to follow, of course, and uh, you know, wish them all the best. Yeah, this, that's all a fair take. The, by the way, it was uh, at 17 years and 291 days, Mark, Mark you. what? You? Mark you. you is the youngest player to debut with a goal for Barcelona in La Liga in the 21st century. So it's actually more specific than I thought. But I feel like I saw somewhere about the how fast it was too. So m- maybe there was two different ones. I don't know. Two hmm. different records. Um, also, was it, it was his first touch, wasn't it? Yeah, it was yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so... I mean, look, what's naturally going to happen is, of course, the way everyone, the hysteria of fans and media is that now this guy's going to have a lot of pressure on his shoulders for unfair reasons. And I don't know, no idea what this means for the future. And there's been a million of these players, as you said, not only at Barca, but also Real Madrid, who just kind of could be great, could be good, could be bad. I'm not sure. But the point is, regardless of what happens, is that I think Barcelona did a really good job here and Xavi did a really good job of finding someone that can help them right now. Irrespective of what's going to happen in the future, if he's going to be great or not, I think it, sh- it's, it should be commended that like you know, you're pulling deep into your resource pool to find someone who can help you right now. Yeah. So that's admirable. And, 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 and mind you, can I just add to that, Keon? It's, it's, it is, I find it admirable as well. That it's very daring and very brave of Xavi because, you know, this is with uh, La Liga on the line. I mean, we're, we're, we were playing a very tough Atleti club side uh, that were certainly not making things easy. Quite the opposite. You know, they had their own chances uh, to score a goal as well. It was still nil-nil at the time. So um, to put in such a young player with no prior experience to, you know, Xavi would have have to have been very certain that Mark Yu had what it takes to, uh, to, 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 to perform on the biggest stage at that moment, you know, because it could have very well been maybe overwhelming for such a young kid. Um, it could have very well been, you know, a situation where the pressure, just gets to the player and it's all too much. And uh, God forbid, you know, maybe Mark uh, like a stain in that player's career. I mean, my point being is, uh, you know, the introduction, I feel there's a lot of responsibility on Xavi as well to give a young player the right kind of environment and introduction to his first game at the uh, highest level in the Spanish top flight. And uh, it was a brave, but about also a daring move by Xavi that that fortunately worked out for team and player alike. In in you know in, in of course, unima- I mean the best way possible. I mean he scored the winning goal, um, but I would like to think that that Xavi knew exactly what he was doing by by introducing uh, Mark Yu to uh, to the big stage and. Uh, not to say that he knew he was going to score a goal, but just that he was mentally uh, ready to take on, you know, the uh, such a big responsibility. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So I'm really glad you're back at Barca now, or at least on a part-time basis, because you're going to know basic information, like when does Barca play, who's available, who's not. Because you just, you lost all that when you left. Now you just kind of know some simple details now. Do you know, because Chavi said today, you know, the people, the players who did not make the squad for the Shakhtar game, I'm going to get, they're, they're not there because of health reasons, but I'm going to get some of those players back for Classico. Do you have any inclinations on who those players are? I believe, isn't Pedri, Pedri's in the squad for Shakhtar, right? I think he's in the squad. I don't think so. He's not? No, as far as I'm concerned, like players that are definitively out are Pedri, Frankie, Lewandowski, uh, who am I missing? I'll need to check, but but to to answer your question, no, I I, I don't know that today. Maybe for Friday's spot, I'll have more information. But it's it 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 does seem like, yeah, we'll be missing half of our starting lineup, at least five players. That's that's. Uh, in the classical, you mean? Yeah. Can you so go over those five players again? So hold on, let me let me pull it up. Okay, so it's Pedri, Frankie, uh, Lewandowski. Um, spare with me here. Go on. I was going to say these are the players who are out right now. Yeah, but I feel like some of those players will could be back for classical. Given Chavi's rewarding today. Well, so how did he? What did he say exactly? I didn't. I didn't see his press conference. Uh, he said, uh, "I'm." He the the exact words he he used. He said, "Some of the players who are out against Shakhtar will be back for Classico." He just said some, but he didn't specify okay. anything more than that. Okay. Okay. Well, then, then maybe then. Okay. So I, then you know, I plead. Uh, Share another nonsense or ignorance here. I, I don't know. I thought that uh, Kunde, Pedri, Frankie, Rafinha was the other one, and Lewandowski are, are out. Right. Interesting. Yeah. 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 Um, do, what are your big, uh, besides the two obvious ones who you guys obviously replaced with uh, fine players in Kepa? And, uh, oh, so besides Militao and Courtois? Um, Kamavinga left training um, the last training, but I don't think it's too serious. But I don't know if he's going to play against Shakhtar. He may, they may just sit him out just in case. I don't think it's that serious. Um, who else? We're playing Shakhtar. Where are you guys playing? Did I say Shakhtar? Yes. I meant Braga. Bra- oh, yeah, Braga. Yeah. That'll be a good game. Um. I think that's it. Okay. Yeah, I think that's it. Knock on wood. We have a game to play today. We're playing in a couple hours. And uh, who knows? Like, you know, this thing, the, we could have more updates by the end of the week for both teams. I'm not sure. My guess is, did you say Sergio Roberto too? He's one of the ones, right? He's also, yeah. Yeah. I, my guess is that Lewandowski and uh, Rafinha will be back. That's just a hunch. You yeah, just like a... those two will probably be the ones. Because those were the two that were a little bit more um, closer to return. A... Hmm. Whereas Pedri Kunde and F- I'm not sure about Frankie. They seem to be a little bit more long-term. <clears throat> but Pedri's like... Like, my assumption is, like, everyone will be back by mid-November. But for the sake of the Classico, if, then when Chabi says some, I'm going to guess it's Rafinha and Lewandowski, which I'm not even sure. For, it's interesting if, you said that. Yeah. If, if you're Barca, do you even want Rafinha to, to start this game? Or are you more uh, trustworthy in Ferran and Yamal? I mean, you know, I'm, I'm really liking Joao, and I'm really liking yeah. uh, Lamine Yamal. So I'm having Felix and Lamine Yamal in my starting lineup. Yeah. 
kind of always at this point. Yeah. Um, and Ferran should take the last spot because he's playing well too. He is playing well. But Rafinha is Rafinha, man. And, and he, you know, I don't want to take anything away from him or his importance neither. He's still a player that always produces when he's on the pitch. Uh, can score goals outside the box. You can break in between lines, pull sure. defenders with him. But based space. on um, his lack of match rhythm, a problem. Yeah, right. Doesn't yeah, make sense yeah. for him to start over Yamal, for example, or Zhao. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we'll see. Maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe it will be a front three with uh, Ferran, uh, Joao, and and Lamine Yamal. Before we wrap it up, can I just give you a quick um, analysis of Girona? Mm, please. I, How, I mean, can I just say one thing? Yeah. And then, then you can go on your own. I, I cannot believe the merit. I mean, like the, the achievement for Girona to continue to punch above their weight and be up there with the likes of Madrid and Barca. In particular, after... An Oriol Romeo, who we knew or know was so fundamental to uh, um, Michel's uh, system, you mm-hmm. know, was plucked away and returned home to Barça, that they are still able to to again continue to produce results is 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 beyond my understanding. Really, it's 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 unbelievable. It's really impressive. Um, they right now tied on points with Real Madrid, top of the table. They've scored the most goals in La Liga. More than Barca, more than Real Madrid. Oh my God. And um, mind you, they're overperforming their XG and expected goals against. But the, the question is like, can they sustain? Can they sustain? I don't, I think the, I think it's clear to me that just by watching them, they're, by the end of the season, I think it's reasonable for them to be a top five team. And like, what was the game I watched on the weekend? Almeria. They were dominating and they went down two goals in the first half at home. And even watching it, I was like, at no point did I feel like it was threatening to them because they were clearly the better team. They were generating a bunch of chances and they just blew them away 5-2. And... I think it's, look, naturally what happens to these teams over the course of a season, if they cool off, it's not necessarily because of a lack of quality and talent in their starting 11. It has a lot to do with the lack of depth and how much they can sustain going through a long course of a grueling season, whereas teams like Real, Barca, Atletico will just have a little bit more depth. But I I don't think these guys are going away just by watching them. I think they're pretty good. So, again, I don't know. I'm not saying they're top two good, top three good, but I think they're top five good, legitimately. That would be incredible. I mean, that for them to achieve top five, it would be go down as, as I mean, the most historic feat a club has ever achieved. It's... Uh... Well, I don't know about that. But. Well, besides besides from promotion, maybe no, absolutely. Dude, I mean, well, I'm I'm, talk- I'm thinking know. about like teams like Elche in past years and hmm. are not Elche, Abar, Abar, you mean? Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Uh, Savio Abar looks... never finished top five though. But they didn't they make it to Europa? Did they make it to Europa League? Oh, I think you're right. Or I maybe they, they did. just missed out. Can't remember. No, but no, either no. way, it was so they impressive did. what they did because of yeah, the size yeah, yeah. on there. Yeah. Um, but they're they're also playing really good football, and that maybe is, is something that separates them from an Abar that was more conservative in their sure. approach. With you know, given their resources and everything, uh, all respects. But but Girona actually play good football, attractive football, and and um, you know. Play, they play the tu-a-tu, as they so beautifully say here in Spain. Specifically, um, between Dovbik and Alex Gar- Garcia and Savio, those three in particular have looked really good. Mm. And Miguel is a, a solid left back too. They have clear talent. And of course, 
I, I wonder, because I was talking to my, my dad about this, and he was like, it's so impressive what they're doing. And we were talking about, like, if, if they were actually allowed, I don't even know if this is a good or bad thing, but if, because the, they're obviously a city football club group, city group team. Well, not officially. Not officially. They're not owned by, by a city football group. They're not? Mm-mm. They're not a city football group owned own team. No. What's the affiliation then? I think the affiliation more kind of like has to do with his, like Pep's. I think it all stems from Pep's brother, who's Pep Guardiola's agent. And no, bro, he also has ties. The city football group has a 47% stake in Girona. Let me see. They're a part owner. But, but they are not. They do not appear on a city football group website as uh, one of their clubs. And I'm pulling it up. They're not. They're not. The, they're not. They don't own it 100. percent But they are part owners. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And Sorry. So, no. Um, uh, they, they do. They're. They're. They're right here. But that's interesting because I, it was always my impression. So they do appear on a cityfootballgroup.com website. But mm-hmm. it was my impression that all of the teams that are owned or part owned by a, a city football group all sort of adopt the same more or less uniform colors you know the the kind of light the baby blue colors with uh the, the, you know if if you look at the like the new york city crest um the man city crest the melbourne city they all seem to kind of have this this uniform even i think it was mumbai city you know that that adopt the light blue uh colors and all that obviously with Girona, it's not the case but anyway i'm 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 wrong so ignore everything i said well, we were just talking like if La Liga ever loosened their salary cap rules and the Qataris could go in and turn Girona into something. They already have a few Manchester City players on loan there. And you just know that if they're, they're, they, would, they could use that as a, as a team that acts as kind of like a developmental tool and a team that they can strengthen for also their own purposes. And, and like, look, don't get me wrong. Like even me talking about it, you can already see the conflict of interest. Also, there was a report recently um, who were city negotiating with. Was it, wasn't it, weren't they, didn't they ask if Barca could send Eric Garcia, Garcia to, to Girona? Remember that? And that oh, was a whole, there, yeah. yeah. And that was a whole controversial thing of like, hmm. like anyways. So there's like, all that stuff, all that background noise that would go into a discussion like this that would make it problematic. Right. But if they were allowed to spend this, I feel like this is a team that would rise yeah. in uh, a significant fashion in La Liga. Mm-hmm. Similar mm-hmm. to like what Newcastle has done in, in the Premier League. Although Newcastle is a much bigger, bigger club than Girona, like historically speaking. Or, or, or Manchester City for that matter. I mean, sure. you know. But yeah, you're right. <clears throat> so I'm I'm I'm, uh, I'm shocked. Like I, I knew about the link, the ties, obviously be, between the two. I never thought it was officially part of the City Football Group. I'm just going over the uh, like the teams that they do own and the, their crests, and you can see that the vast majority indeed have adopted and adjusted their their you know teams logos and, and crests to to kind of fit the uh, the colors schemes. Uh, the the the, the call it the the brand identity of, of city football group, but you don't uh, sticks out there like a sore thumb. Cause it's, you know, super red, obviously. Um, but yeah, I could be wrong. And this is completely ignorant comment. I have no idea if this is true or not, but could be also have to do with the fact that city are 100% owned by that. Right. Group. Whereas okay. in Girona, they have a 47% stake. So maybe that could sure, be part sure. of the reason. I don't know. That, that, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, bro, I got to upload this and do some stuff right, before Real Madrid take the field against Braga. Yeah. Uh, our next podcast will be on Friday, which yes. will be a banger because it's uh, the day after the day before Classico. So I'm sure we'll uh, talk about Classico stuff. And you can submit questions to that podcast if you're a patron over on patreon.com slash churros e tacticas. Go there. Ask your question. There is no question off the table for Diego now. We will take as spicy of a question you ask us. Anything you want, controversial, do it. If it, if it, if it, uh, 
if it gets us talking and arguing and fighting, you can do that because Diego and I will still boomerang back to being friends after, so it's all good. But if you want access to it and also ask the question, and we would love to have you there because it's a, it's a nice big churro family, patreon.com slash churros y tacticas. Diego. Agreed, agreed. And don't forget to follow us on social medias. Yeah. All of them, TikTok to Insta to Twitters. And tell your friends, subscribe, be part of the family, because we really are. I, I super enjoy this uh, family that we've created here on Churros y Tacticas that, you know, slowly but surely we continue to evolve and grow. So uh, form part, become part, and sign up. 100%. All right, Diego. Thanks, buddy. We'll chat Friday. Take care. Peace. That's good, buddy. You too. Have a good week. Peace. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.